All right, y'all, I want to welcome you back to the Purpose University podcast. I am your host, Dr. Eve. I am thrilled today. I have a, a guest that has been an amazing, amazing person in my life. And I want to say maybe, gosh, nine years now. Um, it's been a minute, right? Okay, Sans. Um, <laughs> but this is Takeda Bankhead, who is the creator and editor-in-chief of the Pedalsa Project. Takeda, what's up? Hi, thank you so much. First of all, thank you, Dr. E, for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. I've followed the podcast and you. I've been a huge supporter of everything that you're doing. So I'm really excited that the stars have aligned and now that we're here together. So thank you again for having me. Oh, gosh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come onto the show because I know you've been taking off girlfriend with this pedestal project oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm really i'm really proud of you like i am so proud of you this is yeah, really big it's been crazy you know it, it started as something i wouldn't necessarily say that it was going to be a hobby but it started off as something that was very personal hmm. um, but it was it it has been like mind-blowing i know i've sent you messages like oh my gosh so many people are reading like i wasn't expecting that <laughs> um, and it's been it's been so rewarding and just so heartwarming for people to connect with it and really just kind of find something in it that speaks to them too so it's been a truly a labor of love for sure so let's talk about how you even got to this labor of love like tell us who you are like what do you do like who is taquita bankhead Oh gosh. Okay, so I'll uh, just in my day job. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am a registered nurse, um, and I work in, at the University of Illinois here and at, at the counseling center. So my title, although it's kind of general, um, my title is specialist in education, but I do a lot of work around alcohol and other drugs. And so from my nine to five, what I'm doing is talking to people, mostly college students, about harm reduction and making sure that they are aware of how to safely use or abstain from any drugs or substances. So after five and outside of work, I am just unapologetically black. I love everything about <laughs> I love, and, I, and I would say, I think um, being at Illinois honestly had a huge role in, in shaping that for me. My first job when I came here, I worked in our African-American Cultural Center. And so I was the assistant director there for two years. And I think that that was a place where not only was I helping other students kind of come to terms with what their blackness was, I think it was definitely an eye opener for me too. Mm. And so basically kind of going into that it helped me unlock a lot of other areas about my identity that I didn't realize that I was really really passionate about and so outside of that I do a lot of work around just black women um, advocating for black women in a, in a variety of different ways um, I focus a lot on mental health and just mm -hmm. coping effective coping um, and that ties a lot of my nursing plus the counseling piece plus the blackness piece all together um, so anything that helps black women be them best, be their best selves is what, what I'm typically more drawn to um, outside of that I'm a huge brandy fan <laughs> people most people who know me they they can definitely say that about me I'm a huge brandy fan um, I love reading I love like writing, just about anything that's artsy, crafts, you know, I, I love all of that kind of thing. Um, and I also love to travel and I am known to take a solo trip. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> at moments notice. So uh, any of my friends will tell you, Takeda does not mind hopping on the road alone. So yeah, kind of a random <laughs> all of about, about me. 
Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's interesting because before I was married, <laughs> I was that kind of person too. Like, I'm going somewhere, I'm going. Catch you later. I mean, that's really bold, especially as a woman to just say, look, I'm going, I ain't scared. Tell us a little bit more about the pedestal project because that's the thing. Um, and I just really know more about it. So how did you get to it? What was that that moment for you that you were like, oh, this it? So, okay, so the Pedestal Project um, was an idea that was born out of um, an experience that I had. Uh, here it was probably in like October. So now we're in March. So this happened maybe like October of last year. Um, I was coming out of a, I, I'm doing air quotes for relationship. Um, <laughs> that's, I wouldn't necessarily even call it that looking back, but I was coming out of a, a situation that way. Um, and it had been going on for almost 10 years. And it was one of those final moments where it was like, no, really, this is not going to work. No matter how many times you revisit it, no matter how many times you think, no, he might be the one like this is there's a reason there were no more what ifs anymore so what I did what I realized is that after I finally was able to let that situation go well what made me kind of let it go is this person stood me up for my birthday oh wow so it was it was definitely an eye-opening situation to just say like you know no matter what you want to believe this is the reality and this is what what the situation is or is not. So started going to going back uh, to counseling. I'm a huge supporter of counseling, but I will also own that when my schedule gets a little too busy, sometimes I don't keep up my appointments. And I think I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, something is off. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like my normal. And so I started going to counseling. Now I do our, uh, right now I do the counseling that they offer on campus for faculty staff. Um, Cause I think ours is pretty good. So I usually will go there. Um, but sometimes the downside of that is you get an intern and not to say that interns are any less qualified, but you could tell that they're kind of learning with mm. you. For where I was, I didn't have as much patience as I thought I would have for an intern. Also having a counseling background, I go in and I'm like, look, this is what I need and this is what I don't need. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very specific about what I need for my therapist. And so she and I had gotten to like my third session um, and I just was talking about all these different challenges that I was having um, at work. You know, I had just started this new position. I had all these things going on and I just talked about all these different areas in my life where I felt like I had to prove something mm. or I felt like I had to level up in a sense. She kind of stopped me and she said, you know, have you ever thought about the fact that you put everyone and every situation in your life on a pedestal except for yourself? Ooh. And... <laughs> Right. Oh, okay. right. You're talking. You're talking now. Okay. Right. And so um, that literally shook me. It, it just mm. shook my my core um, because I had never thought about it in that way. Of course, you know, especially if you work in the helping profession, which all of my career path had been in the helping profession, that feels natural to put people before you and to say, you know, I'm here to serve. You know, I'm here to lead and and to you know to for the greater good. I had never thought about it in that perspective. Is that every Everybody else, I was lifting everyone else up based on all these different preconceived notions I had in my head and I had never once applied that to my own life. So <laughs> I ended up, I, I just had to chew on that for a little while. And so I talked to all of my friends and I was like, let me tell you what my counselor told me. Like she told me that, you know, I had this pedestal complex and every single one of my friends is like, yeah, that is absolutely true. <laughs> absolutely do that. I don't understand why you just now real. And I'm like, really? Like, why y'all didn't tell me? Like, you know, so, um, which I'm sure they probably had been telling me and I just hadn't listened. Um, <laughs> right. 
you know, so I'm sure that that was probably what it was. And so um, also at the time I was working with a close friend of mine and we were thinking about doing like a blog together. But the more I played around with this idea, I had a conversation with her and I said, you know, I think this is something that I need to do. Like I, I, I'm feeling led to do something that's more personal to this experience, because if I feel like I'm putting everyone else on a pedestal. I know at least 10 black women off the top of my head that are doing the same thing. Mm. And so that was basically where the idea was born. So I said, oh, it'll just be a blog. I'll kind of write about my experiences. But then I thought about, you know, the actual literal concept of a pedestal. And what does that mean to recognize, to uplift, um, to, to restore and to affirm Black women. And so what I decided to do was to build a site around uplifting Black women through restoration, validation, and affirmation. Um, and just so that, you know, Black women could go to a place to say, hmm, you know, I have had a situation like this, but here's where I can see women who look like me and recognize that there are people with similar gifts and similar talents, people who can support me um, and lead me to my own pedestal. And so it's almost kind of, I took it on as a mission to reclaim the concept of the pedestal because I think when you think about a pedestal, a lot of times people think about, you know, raising people to these unrealistic standards or you know, um, these standards where you don't make mistakes. Um, and so I wanted to to present it in a way that is a way of absolutely exalting the Black women, but still they're human um, and still making sure that we say like, hey, you know, I do have moments where I don't have it all together but that doesn't make me any less wonderful. And, and I think that those are the types of stories and the types of experiences um, that I like to display. And so thus, uh, in February, I pulled everything together and Pedestal Project launched and it's had a phenomenal response. Um, so I'm super excited to see where it goes. Nice, nice. I think a lot of us who are following you are looking forward to where it goes too because it's really catchy. I remember when you mentioned something to me about it, I was like, wait a minute, no, hold up. Because it's one of those things where you even bring together that community of Black women to say, sister, I see you. And I have a friend, um, her name is Ebony Johnson. She's actually a sword. Well, she does event planning. And one of her things is always, we we work well when we work together. We don't have to work against each other. Let's Let's help each other out. And so to even see this project that you're working on manifest in that same way, I'm like, Black women, we get it. You know, it's not that we can't get along, we can't work together, we can't celebrate each other because I think that's a negative stereotype that's often out there that, you know, there's cattiness and there's pettiness and there's drama. And it is. Um, believe it to reality TV, <laughs> you make it think that we, we can't be friends, right. but we can be. So I really, I really love that. And I'll tell you also that it inspired me because um, really seriously over the past year or two probably closer to two I have been going through this shift of identity mm -hmm. and one of those shifts has been stepping into myself um, not just as a woman but as a black woman because for a while people you know I would identify as black first or black and not even acknowledge the woman part of who I am because I'm just a person. I'm as smart, I'm as strong. Um, I recognize I'm a woman, but that wasn't a big deal. But I'll tell you what happened to me. I transitioned into entrepreneurship. And that's when I realized the world did look at me different because before I didn't really notice it, you know, that, oh, I'm a black woman, but when it's time to even do stuff like uh, market yourself or have events, network, um, it started to become real with me that I was like, yo, I'm a black woman. And I decided I'm a married black woman. And so 
I forgot to put myself on the pedestal. And while I would see other black women do great things and want to celebrate them, similar to yourself. So look, I'm probably in one of them 10, right? But while I was, you know, celebrating other black women, I wasn't giving myself credit for some of the things that I was doing as well. So to hear this and see this, it's refreshing. It's definitely refreshing to be a part of a space and and to see a community grow where black women can finally breathe again and and to be highlighted. So I I love that. But I would also go on to, to think this. Would you say that with what you're doing, that you are finally your most authentic self? I think, I mean, I think I probably am the most authentic that I've ever been, but I still mm. think there's more for me to gain. Um, mm. And what I'm saying that is that I feel like I am, I'm beginning to move into this space of this optimal um, authenticity. Mm. Oh, optimal authenticity. Go ahead now. No, I'm smart. (laughs) No, I really think so because I think this is a, this is one of the first things that I've been able to do that is completely separate from my job. Um, So I tell people what I do just because, you know, that does kind of matter for the context of some of the topics that I talk about. Um, But this is something that is completely me. Um, it's not necessarily something that I'm doing for professional advancement or anything like that. It's it's solely because I feel like this is a part of the voice that God has given me. Mm. It's something that I feel like is tied to my purpose. Um, I re- the reason I say that I think I'm on the way is because I think that more parts of my, my purpose will begin to unfold. Um, and so I think as those parts begin to become clearer to me, I think I'll probably start to unlock more. Um, more areas of authenticity. So I think I'm definitely the most authentic that I've ever been. I'm absolutely the most comfortable with myself that I've ever been in my life. And that's such a freeing um, place to be. And, and I think it's part of it is just because writing is my release. Um, so the fact that I've, I've committed myself to doing something regularly that is something that helps me kind of release and process, um, it, it's kept me at a much clearer headspace. So I think that that's part of it. Um, but I also think that, you know, that that's something that will continue to happen and, and will continue to reveal things to me. That is really awesome. And it sounds to me like it's become a self-care practice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think what also is so beautiful about it is that as I seek to uplift these other Black women, you know, I get so excited putting these stories together. You know, when I when I highlight other Black women for the Pedestal Professional Series or for the On the Rise Series where I highlight um, college students or entrepreneurs, just hearing some of the things that they've done and putting that together and saying, wow, you know, I get to celebrate, you know, another black woman. And also just in celebrating them, I've built a connection to another woman of support. Um, whether that means, you know, I can support them, they'll support me. Like mm-hmm. I'm building this this network inadvertently that I really wasn't trying to, but the pedestal project doesn't work without other black women. And so mm-hmm. I'm, really, I'm really excited that that's kind of the way it's almost morphed itself to where, you know, like now I'm getting to the point where I have, you know, black businesses who are excited to sponsor and list their information on my site. Nice. I have women who are starting to share their personal stories for our Amplify series, just to bring voices to that. So my site doesn't work without other black women. Um, I couldn't do all of that alone. And so um, eventually, you know, I have a staff, you know, I'm going to speak that into existence. Um, and so- <laughs> that that will be that will also be something that again it it helps and so 
also understanding that you have to fortify the pedestal that we talk about. So, I mean, I think that's fortified definitely by other Black women. Mm, I love that. I love that a lot. You are definitely on the move. And again, I just commend you for the work that you're doing. And I look forward to seeing this thing continue to just just take over. Um, definitely. So let me, let me ask you a little bit about, I guess, like where you are in your life. Like, would you even say that you're currently living your best life? I think so. <laughs> so, so what is that? So what does that mean then? Like, what does it mean to live your best life? I think what that means is that I am in a space where I have way more blessings than shortcomings. Um, and I, for me, I, I'm blessed with the ability to, for one, take care of myself independently. Um, I am single, you know, just in case you have any purpose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I am in a place where I am able to take care of myself, but also to give freely, whether it's to a cause or to people that I love. Um, and then I'm also able to do things that I really wanted to do, that I really want to do and that I've always wanted to do. Um, like I talk about traveling, I travel all the time. Um, and so that's something that I'm right now I'm blessed because I don't have anything that keeps me from doing that. Um, you know, I'm healthy. I ha- like the little things. I have all of these little things and I'm aware of all of the little things right now. Um, I have a family that loves me. I have best friends and sores and people who love me dearly and support me fiercely. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it, it can only get better at this point. So I think that I absolutely am living my best life. I love that your concept of living the best life is is holistic. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes people think that to live your best life, you have to have a lot of material things or a lot of relational things. But yours is a nice, it's a nice balance. It's a little bit of everything, sprinkles. And so that's, that's really beautiful. I like that a lot. So is there a time in your life that you've ever face any kind of adversity that you want to share with us and maybe how did you overcome it because you really transitioned from you know being this person who was trying to figure out what to do with your career to having this this light bulb moment during your counseling session that was like I'm about to do this pedestal project thing so the makings of who you are but it's is there that one moment that just really stumped you and that you was just like yo not today Satan (laughs) Um, I think there have been a few moments. I think the one that probably comes to mind that is one of the most impactful and definitely the story that I share with my students is when I failed out of nursing school. Mm. Um, Because you told us you're a registered nurse now. Yes, I am. Mm. Yes, I am. But there was definitely a setback um, within that nursing journey. So I was originally supposed to graduate in May of 2011 um, at Mississippi University for Women. And there was, so the way our program worked and many nursing programs, I'm sure if people are in nursing school, they can relate to this, is that every question, every point, everything counts. Um, And so with the way our program was set up is if you didn't make at least, I want to say it was like a 73.45, it was something like that. Um, for the class average, then you fail. If you fail one course, you fail the semester. And if you fail the semester, you're a year behind. Mm. And so if you fail that, once you re-enter after that year, if you fail again, then your nursing dreams are bye-bye. Oh, wow. Um, and so I remember I was getting, I was going into my final exams, um, ended up missing my final by less than a point. Um, it, it had to be like, I think it was maybe no more than a point. It was somewhere in that range. Um, and I remember just being devastated. I had never failed anything in my life. I was an honor student 
A B student, like every everything. I was always the top of the top of the class academically. Um, and so I had never failed. Mm. That, that was something that had never happened to me. And so I remember being so ashamed and just so just yeah, shame was probably the biggest thing that I felt. I remember hiding in my room that whole day and just crying and just really feeling like my world was over. Uh, fast forward to the next day, um, talked to two mentors of mine who kind of had already figured out what had happened, but ended up offering me two jobs for the semester wow. that I would be taking out. And I was like, whoa, wait, I didn't even come here for that. <laughs> like, you know, and you know, there's, it, it was definitely like a, okay, God, I see what you're doing. You got a plan somewhere in here kind of moment. And that semester that I was off is where I started to do a lot more black programming on campus because I had this free time. And it was the happiest semester I had in my college career. Wow. Um, and that was and that was the time where I was introduced into student affairs. And so the following fall, I had to re-enter into nursing school. Still a light semester because you only have to retake the one class. So passed that class, ended up going through and finishing my final semester in spring. But during that time, I started doing like a secret grad school search because I didn't want my nursing professors to, to sense any weakness because I, I in my head I thought if you feel like I'm not 100% here you won't help me finish hmm. you won't help me and I'm sure that there's a lot of layers behind that 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 could probably be another conversation for another day but that was my thinking at the time and so I didn't let anyone know until I had secured a job and until I had been admitted into a graduate program so once I did that I ended up passing my final by one question like <laughs> I don't even, I don't know that I've cried so hard in my life. Um, and I think that the biggest lesson that I always tell people from that is that failure is not final. You know, that That's the biggest thing that I tell my students is that, you know, you can have such a stringent plan for your life, even in the midst of when everything is going wrong and everything is completely going against what you had planned, it still works out for good. It mm-hmm. always works out for good. And all you have to do is just, kind of be still and just try to see what God is trying to do in the midst of what's happening. If you're a spiritual person, I, I actually am a, a pretty spiritual person. So I feel like there's meaning in everything and eventually things work out the way they're supposed to. I didn't. I don't know if I believe that as firmly then, um, but I think that that experience has definitely taught me that. So I am still a nurse, but I also realized that just because I was doing something academically didn't mean that it was my life purpose. Oh, um, So I was like, duh, I'm almost done with this degree, so it'll be dumb not to finish. But I realized that I didn't have the desire to excel and to be my best at it. So I was like, this is not my calling. Hmm. And so at what point, though, did you realize what your calling was? Oh, it was absolutely the semester that I was out. Um, I met one of my current mentors at a program randomly. I was doing a Black History Month program, and his name is Cedric Gathings, and he he was one of my panelists. And I, you know, he said, you know, you did a really good job with this program. If you ever think about a career in student affairs, you know, give me a call. Now I'm like, sir, clearly you don't know that I'm a nursing major. Like, <laughs> like you know, that was, I was thinking, okay, he's just being nice. He's just saying that, you know, just being, you know, just being cordial. And so I started to apply for nursing externships, which is similar to an internship for summer. And I was getting turned down left and right. And I couldn't understand why. Again, I don't fail. Like, these are things that don't happen to me. So I was like, I don't understand. And I said, I needed something to do for the summer. So I give him a call. 
I said, you know, let me just figure out what is this student affairs stuff? Like, what is it? And I go do an internship with him. At the time, he was in the Center for Student Activities in the Greek Life Office at Mississippi State. And so I went there and he said, yeah, you can do an internship with us from May to July. And I'll make sure that you learn everything there is to know about student affairs. And so he gave me a list of people to email. And he was like, set up appointments with them. Go meet with them and find out what they do. And I'm like, are you not going to do this for me? Or <laughs> I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> so he's like, no, you. I want you to get the full experience. So I ended up literally having days where I shadowed the dean of students. I sat in on residence director trainings for several days. Like any, any department that had anything to do with student affairs, I was in their office. And by the time I finished that internship, I said, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, like I, I was like, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, why didn't I know that this existed before? And so then I was nervous about having to go back into nursing school because I knew that my passion really wasn't going to be there. But I wow. knew that I could get through it. So I, again, I went into it with the mindset that this is what I have to do in order to get to what I want to do. And because I was like, this is the means to an end because my degree didn't matter. I just had to have one. So I went through because that was the one that I was closest to finishing and finished my degree, took my licensure exam, passed everything, and then started my grad school career. I think it was maybe like a month after I got my license um, as a hall director. And so it wasn't um, it wasn't necessarily that I don't don't like nursing. I didn't love it enough to make it my life because mm. I, I do enjoy health. I still enjoy the nursing knowledge and the skills part. And I still actually use it quite often. But it wasn't enough for me to say, okay, I want to be a nurse practitioner. I want to be the best at it. I want to be at the top. Um, that It just wasn't that for me. Isn't it crazy, though, how sometimes in life we do things because it seems practical, because it's, yeah, this is the right path. But then that thing that is meant for us won't let us go. Like, it'll pull us and be like, aha, gotcha. Because it sounds like that happened to you. You know, when oh, yeah. you said I was lucky out of the hood, you know, like that's that was supposed to be, mm. you know, like and, and I would say what's pretty common for where I'm from is that if you are at least skilled in science and math and you're a woman, most likely you're pushed to be a nurse. If you mm. are a man and you're semi skilled in, you know, math or science, you're pushed to be an engineer. Um, there are very few degrees outside of that that you're pushed to go into. So I think that I kind of fell into, oh, you're smart. You can be a nurse, so why not? Mm, that's real. That is so real, especially for those of us who are like first generation, right? And right. we go to school and it's kind of like, let's be successful. Let's be great. And being great is often contingent on how successful we can even be in career, how much money we can make. Um, whereas really being successful is about how happy you can be, how content you can be with your life and really enjoying what you do. So I think that's real. It was a bold move to make. Because some people don't want to make that move because there's a lot of fear too, right? Like, how do you go from a nursing degree or from a nursing field where you know going to this job, you're going to make good money <laughs> to going to education where you know it's going to take a long time to make good money. So it's just, I mean, you know. I explaining that to the neighborhood. I had so many people <laughs> to this day who still are like, now why is she not nursing? Mm-hmm. Why is she not at a hospital? She's not even doing anything with that degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I'm like, actually, I'm doing quite quite a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't see me in scrubs or you don't see me with a stethoscope hanging around my neck, but that degree is still getting used. Um, so I think it, it's just always interesting because people have a very one-dimensional way of thinking about career progression. And that's just not, that's not the path that I feel like I was made for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us what's next for you. 
So what's next for me um, with the pedestal project? I'm really riding this one out to see where it goes. Um, I definitely see more writing, hopefully book writing and maybe more research in the future on a personal note. Hmm. Um, I would love to see a podcast and just more events, um, more er enrichment events for black women um, out of the pedestal project and really just seeing how the platform takes off. I think what I've been trying to do and what I think has been helpful is just to really try to not focus so much on the followers or the likes or the, mm. the engagement, but really focusing on the content and if it feels true to my mission. Um, and I think that that served me well. So I'm trying to just do that. Um, but yeah, just, just continuing to listen to God and listen to what I feel like he wants me to say um, and hope that it, it lands on the right ears. That's a word. That's a word right there. That's talking to a friend, another entrepreneur friend earlier about the same thing. How sometimes when we're in in our in our being, right, and doing what we were called to do, that it takes a little while to build. You have to just lay the foundation and trust that you're you're laying the right foundation so that kind of like you know he was saying to me once the house is built people gonna see the house people don't see the work it takes to build a house but they gonna see the house so you keep building your million dollar mansion you hear me because you are like i'm telling you like it's 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 catching people and i've just been watching it from its start and even in like a month's time i've seen how much traction it's gotten and so i'm like wow i look forward to seeing what it is next year so as we're wrapping up i have one more question for you and that question is if there was one thing that you'd like for listeners to walk away with that one special message, something to chew on, what would that thing be? Um, I can't take credit for this, but I think that it's something that has, has really helped me. Um, when things happen in your life that, you know, could, could very well be tumultuous or, or, you know, upsetting, um, try really, really hard not to ask yourself why it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but what it's doing for you. And I think that that is, has been something that adapting that mindset has been really transformative for me. And it's really helped me understand that my experiences are shaping my, my purpose and are shaping the, the life and the legacy that I'm meant to leave. And so try really, really hard to take every experience as a molding factor for you. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Takita. You have been wonderful. Tell us how we can find you, where you at, where we need to find you on social media, website. Give us all that. So the Pedestal Project, um, the website is pedestalproject.com. Um, it's P-E-D-E-S-T-A-L project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T.com. Um, we're also on Facebook, it's Pedestal Project, on Instagram at Pedestal Project. And then if you look are looking just for me, um, I'm on Instagram at Takeda Applebaum, you know, just like the song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just like the song, but you get the drift. Um, it's oh, yeah. T-E-K-I-T-A-A-P-P-L-E-B-U-M. Um, so you can definitely find me there. Um, but yeah, and if you are looking for anything else, I can also be emailed, um, pedestalprojectorg at gmail.com. Well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, looking forward to being in touch with you. Again, you know, this has been a great episode and we will talk soon.